Today, on this last day of the Christmas season, we celebrate the feast of the baptism of the Lord. We are invited on this feast to live our lives in the presence of God. God, who is a Trinitarian communion of perfect love, invites us to reflect this love in our respective vocations. He is a Trinitarian communion of perfect love. The Christian vocation, no matter what our state in life may be, whether you're a deacon, a priest, religious, married, single, is to reveal the love of the Trinity to the entire human race in order to bring them to the waters of baptism, into new life, in the new humanity of the church, which is Christ's body. There, joined in him, we participate in his ongoing redemptive mission until he returns to make all things new. In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, we hear the words, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. In the gospel reading in today's Holy Mass, taken from St. Matthew, the affirmation of Jesus' loving Father brings home these words when at the baptism of Jesus, the voice from heaven is heard to say, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus. If we are attentive, we are made aware of the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just watch, watching out if you're awake or not. In the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit at the baptism of the Lord, which we call the Most Holy Trinity. Isaiah prophesied that the voice would be heard from heaven announcing the Chosen One. So the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled at the baptism of Jesus. However, this affirmation of Jesus was not for his sake, since he knew his identity. I don't understand how some scripture scholars say that Jesus didn't know who he was. Like as a baby, he really didn't know who he was, that he was taught everything. How can you be the son of God and not know who you are? That makes no sense. Now, let's not forget that the, the passage, for instance, of the child Jesus, who apparently was lost and found in the temple. Remember that? The 12-year-old, there the 12-year-old Jesus, reminded his mother that she should have known that he would be in his father's house. So he knew his identity. He knew who his father was and that he was his eternal son. The affirmation in the context of the baptism here is for St. John the Baptist and really for us, basically to point his disciples in their new, to their new master, the anointed Christ Jesus, true son, uh, true son of the living God. So the disciples of John the Baptist were now to follow Jesus. Now the second reading from, taken from the Acts of the Apostles mentions the universal invitation of salvation. It's an invitation for all peoples. It states, In every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. It goes on to describe how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. 
and that the effects of this was to do much good since God was with him. And that's how the, the gospel also ends, because God was with him. I often wonder if we are aware that God is with us as baptized Christians, even in times of political and military conflicts and natural disasters throughout the world. Thinking of Australia, right? With all the wildfires, wildfires. Also the earthquakes in Puerto Rico, which I just experienced on my very relaxing vacation in Puerto Rico. There have been 1,200 earthquakes, and last, uh, yesterday was the last one, so let's see if it continues or not. And it's a challenge for those who are experiencing these disasters, these crises, because, you know, you wonder, well, is God with me? Is he listening to my prayers? Am I just misbehaving? Did I do something I didn't I remember? Right? But there is a difference between the baptism of John the Baptist, which Jesus received, and the sacrament of baptism, which Jesus commanded his disciples to celebrate. There is a difference. The gospel reading explains that St. John the Baptist recognized that he was the one that needed to be baptized by Christ, not the other way around. St. John the Baptist knew his baptism only removed sin. It did not give any inner grace or strength to the recipient to overcome his sinfulness passed on to us through original sin, uh, the original sin of Adam and Eve. So it, our baptism is greater. And some people make that comparison and say, oh, I don't baptize my children when they're babies. I'm going to wait until they're grown up, right? Well, Jesus asks his disciples to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptize all nations, he says. Everyone. Doesn't exclude children. Now, because we know that Christian baptism is so closely linked to the idea of forgiveness of sin, we too might wonder why Jesus had to be baptized. After all, he had no sin that needed forgiveness. And he had no need to turn back to God or open his life to God as he was already and always fully in communion with God his Father. So we might ask, what is the real meaning of the baptism of Jesus? Part of the explanation, I believe, lies in what happens next. What happens next in the story. As Jesus comes out of the water, the clouds part, the Spirit of God descends on Jesus, and the voice of God, the Father, is heard. You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In other words, my favor, my seal of approval rests upon you. What is happening at the baptism of Jesus is the proclamation by God that this Jesus, seemingly a man like everyone else, though an extraordinarily good man, is in reality so closely at one with God that God calls him his beloved son and reveals the presence of the Holy Spirit who is always with him. Just as Jesus is proclaimed as the Savior of all people, 
and not just the Jews, as if they hijacked salvation. Just as Jesus is proclaimed as the Savior of all people, when the wise men come, for instance, they come from afar to worship him in Bethlehem. And just as Jesus is revealed as the bringer of life and joy into people's lives at the wedding feast at Cana, so today Jesus is revealed in all his glory as the only Son of God and the bearer of the Holy Spirit. He's the only eternal Son of God. But through our baptism, we participate of his sonship. We've become sons and daughters of God. And because later on, he'll teach us how to address God. He teaches us a prayer, and it starts by saying, Our Father, Our Father. The baptism of Jesus is the confirmation of what St. Luke, in another gospel, tells us that Jesus is not just another good man. Jesus is the presence of God among us, and he'll be present at this altar. He is the presence of God among us. And what does this have to do with, with our own life and our mission? Well, because many of us have been baptized as well. The day of our baptism is perhaps the most important day because it literally has changed our life by making us members of the church and citizens of heaven. But do we know the date of our baptism? Ta-da! That's a quiz. How many here, raise your hands, how many here, honestly, know the date of your baptism? Okay, don't be bashful. One, two, three, four, five, six. We have here like six people. That may be like 6%. How many here know the day you were born, your birthday? All right. A lot more hands went up. All right. Some people may not know. They may be too small, too young. Well, baptism is our new birth into eternity. And if we celebrate our birth here on earth, how much more should we celebrate our birth into eternity, into, um, our, uh, well, into re our reality as sons and daughters of God, members of the church? So if you don't know, well, let's find out. That's your homework. Let's get a copy of our own baptismal certificate and found, find out also the name of the person who baptized you, or baptized us, right? And let us pray for them. Now, those who raised their hand, do you know who baptized you? Yes, no, maybe? Okay, good. Well, pray for them and your godparents, for that matter. Now, some of you may, I'm going to get it off script here a bit. Some of you may ask, why does the church ask for a recent baptismal certificate when you want to get married? Have you ever thought of that? It's like, why did, like, we've given this a long time. It should be in the archives. Like, it somehow, what, it got lost or something? No, it wants a recent six months or less. You know why? <laughs> I'll let you know. Recently, I had a situation where, you know, well, I'll give you the, the short answer. In the baptism, baptismal certificate, it is uh, whenever you receive any other sacrament, they put it there. So, for instance, if you, get, you receive your first Holy Communion, 
um, not necessarily, but specific confirmation, they they put it in the place. It's it's recorded in the place of baptism. If you get married, the same thing. If you get ordained a deacon or a priest, it it's, gets placed there. If you do fi profess final vows in a community, it also gets placed there. And so you're like, yeah, and? <laughs> well, I'll let you know. Well, I recently met a lady. Don't worry. It's not from this parish. She's not from here. That she wanted to get married with her wonderful husband. Well, she's civilly married, but wanted to get married in the church. She had a conversion experience, whatever. And so it's, well, the priest asked her, well, can you please give me a recent um, baptismal certificate to each one? Oh, yeah, of course. Why not? So the certificates came in. What she didn't know was that this guy who she fell in love with had already married in the church. See, he must have divorced, left his country, come here to the States, and had a conversion experience, fell in love with a sweetheart, and thought that the church would not know, like, how would the church know? That was like 20 years ago, whatever. But the church is called a mother. Like, women have the greatest file cabinet. Like, they remember everything. Oh, my goodness. The church does, too. And the church pulled out <laughs> baptismal certificate, and it said, ooh, you are married. Th you're, this guy is married. Unfortunately, you cannot marry. So there's two other options. Either there's an annulment process that he has, she has to go through, uh, he has to go through, or the ex has to die. That's it. This is why the church asked for it, to protect the rights of each person. She had the right to know if the other person was married or not. Same thing would be with ordained ministers. Do you do know that once you're ordained a deacon or a priest, well, a deacon, because I already I got to ordain a deacon first. We're not free to marry, even if you become a widower. So God protect Donna, and Deacon Dave becomes a widower. D deacon Dave, you know you can you cannot marry anymore. <laughs> you cannot find any beautiful old lady. <laughs> That's part of the challenge, right? The sacrifice. But at this point, we're, there's no sacrifice involved, right? No, don't, don't answer the question. You already what? The best? Oh, oh my goodness. This is, you know, I actually prepared you for this. Donna, you have to, like, yeah. <laughs> Say thank you to me later. You owe me. So just to finish up, I found out recently when I went to Puerto Rico, I got my own baptismal certificate. What I'm telling you, I didn't. And I, I, I already knew this, but I found out my baptism, the date of my baptism was February 10th. Anyone here was born February 10th? No? Last night I had someone that was born that day. I found out that that's the feast day of St. Scholastica, the twin sister of St. Benedict, and also now the Mexican martyr St. Jose Luis Sanchez de Rio, 14-year-old martyr. How beautiful to know that I have these saints praying for me in heaven. Please, if you're going to have children, give them Christian names. Don't do like this person I met in New York. I kid you not that they put 
I saw their bapt their birth certificate. Their middle name was Superman. Now, how does this happen? Well, when we stop focusing on the saints as heroic men and women, heroic boys and girls who lived out their faith in an awesome way, we turn to secular superheroes. How sad. How sad. Well, brothers and sisters, baptism is an awesome gift. May all of us recommit to live our lives in the presence of God, knowing that when we do so, we will always be God's beloved.